Hello and welcome into the Process Fantasy Football Podcast, week one of the 2021 season. Here we go. Uh, my name is Aaron Larson, and my goal with this podcast is to help you with all your fantasy football questions you've got headed into the week. Start sits, waivers, trades, maybe some DFS, maybe even some dynasty implications. A uh, little bit about myself, if you're unfamiliar. I am a staff writer for the Fantasy Footballers, headed into my third season helping them out. Uh, I'm also picking up some work with Team Riser Fall. That's some DFS-specific work. With some articles coming out this weekend, I uh, am part of the expert consensus rankings over at Fantasy Pros. And, of course, I do this podcast, uh, which will come out every Thursday morning of the NFL season. And my goal with this podcast like I said, is to help you out with anything fantasy football related. This is kind of my outlet to kind of give everything that I have uh, researched and taken into the week and that I am headed into the week of games with. So I hope you are uh, cool with listening to me ramble on about my thoughts on this week's set of games on a week-to-week basis. Uh, the show is called the Process Fantasy Football Podcast because that's basically what I do is go through a process every week, pick out the little things that stick out to me and see where I may differ uh, from the mindset or the group think of fantasy football and try to give my personal perspective on it. Um, my process includes looking at matchups. That's a big part of it, right? But we are in week one right now, so matchups are kind of hard to get a good grip on probably until the third or fourth week of the season. I know we have data from last year, but teams change a lot over um, over the off season we, from the end of uh, January or whenever the teams are eliminated up until kickoff of week one. These are not the same teams. So looking at last year's data is not always that helpful. So unfortunately, uh, I'm going to be basing this week one podcast a little bit more off of narratives than I would on a typical week. But starting next week, we're going to start to get some trends that we can follow. Uh, The big ones I like to follow are target trends, snap percentage, air yards, those types of things, the things associated with opportunity. Another thing associated with opportunity is injuries. And we are probably, unfortunately, going to start having more and more of those as the season goes on. So, With that all being said, let's dive into week one. First thing I want to talk about very briefly is some news, right? So big news items of the week. Try to cover this uh, every week headed into the matchup section. And we've had a a few, I guess they're stories, but headed into week one, it's a little different. Again, just like I said, going into the regular season, it's a little bit different than week to week. But the news we have this week, the Lev Bell signing, I don't think it has a big impact. Danny Amendola signing, I know that doesn't have a big impact. Jimmy Garoppolo getting the official start this week in week one over Trey Lance. Yeah, that's a little bit because we'll talk about him a little later, but he does have a favorable matchup. Latavius Murray getting cut, that's a big deal. We'll see if and when he gets signed by another team. DeAndre Swift was cleared to play in week one. I don't think that's a huge surprise. The biggest surprise that just dropped today was that Austin Eckler did not practice today. So that's a little bit worrisome. I've been pretty high on him all offseason. So we'll see if we get more news on him 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, headed into Sunday. Uh, the weird thing about that is, I don't know the exact timing of it, but he did tweet out a pretty, uh, pretty awesome hype video on his Twitter feed earlier today too. So maybe it's really not that big of a deal, or maybe I'm looking too much into this. Um, okay, so that's the main news of the week. I'm already going a little bit deeper than needed. Uh, normally at this time of the show, I would go over my hits and misses of the previous week. So we don't have any previous week data right now, so I'm going to skip over that. But I do want to mention that in this game that we play, this fantasy football game, there are going to be misses. Everybody is going to make the wrong call at some point. I definitely will too. The hope and the goal of all of this is to get more hits than misses. So in the past, I've been pretty successful at that. I hope to keep that up this season. Uh, and we'll see where we go from there. So since we have nothing to look backwards at this week, let's look forward. Uh, just quick overview of the matchups for week one. I'm not going to go over all of them here. But looking at Vegas lines and the spreads, there are a couple, at least according to Las Vegas, who is pretty good, some matchups to really focus your attention on. Maybe if you're looking for a tiebreaker of a, a guy to play, your flex play or your your deeper wide receiver three, whatever it is, these are the high-scoring games that you may want to target. Uh, Dallas and Tampa Bay, Thursday night game. So if you're playing those guys, get them out of your flex and get them into an actual positional slot in your lineup, but they have an over-under of 52. Tampa Bay, a pretty big favorite in that game. Uh, Arizona at Tennessee has a over 50-point expected point total. Green Bay at New Orleans, actually in Jacksonville, 50-point uh, over-under. Cleveland at Kansas City, possibly the game of the week right there. Also the highest predicted over-under or highest predicted point total of the week. And then Baltimore at Las Vegas, that's the Monday night game, also 50 points. Uh, expect it in that game. So those are kind of, like I said, if you've got a guy in those games and that's one of your tiebreaker starts at decisions, maybe lean towards one of those uh, optimal scoring outcomes or optimal scoring predictions, at least according to those folks in the desert that are pretty good at their jobs. Uh, okay. So next, what I like to do is just go position by position and talk about players that I am attacking or avoiding. So attacking obviously means I am going to start them. I'm going to stream them. I'm going to get them in my DFS lineups. They are plays that I like for the week and avoids the exact opposite. So opposite of everything I just said. The quarterbacks, I don't want to spend a lot of time on. Uh, headed into week one, you're probably going with the guy that you drafted. Looking at the rankings on the Fantasy Pros ECR, they seem pretty sharp for the most point. And in week one, you kind of go with your gut, right? As I mentioned, we don't have a lot of matchup data to go on. So I will mention some guys I'm attacking that are a little bit lower in the rankings. One of them is Baker Mayfield, like I mentioned, at Kansas City. Simply put, there is shootout potential there. Uh, the Cleveland Browns offense, they are returning their entire offense. They have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. In fact, most publications you look at, they are ranked number one headed into the season. Odell Beckham sounds like he's healthy. We've got two great running backs there. Austin Hooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones is making noise. Even David Njoku, who knows? But simply put, Baker Mayfield is the guy that's going to drive that. And if they are behind, which 
that's kind of the expectation. He will have to put the ball in the air a little bit. He played great down the home stretch last season. So Baker Mayfield is a guy I'm totally comfortable with. Uh, one guy that I have been higher than most on, especially lately, is Carson Wentz playing against Seattle. I think it's been a lot of noise this offseason. I know he had the foot surgery, but we've seen film. He's been practicing. He looks good. And this is a guy that was a top-tier quarterback not that long ago. Even last season with Philadelphia, as bad as that team was, he finished inside the top 12 for quarterbacks uh, five different times. And he only played in 12 games, and he was benched in one of them, uh, the last one. So he still has that fantasy football potential. Uh, this game is not quite at 50 points, but it's pretty close, 49 and a half point over under. So there's a good chance that Carson Wentz is putting up points here, some through the year, but he still has that, that juice on the ground as well. So I'm not worried about the foot. He's got some rushing upside. He's got some weapons and Seattle's defense will wait and see. Sure, they finished off last season strong, but they also had a pretty cupcake uh, set of matchups at the end of last season, and they were pretty terrible at the beginning of last season. So maybe Carson Wentz comes out and surprises us all in week one. And the last guy I want to mention, uh, maybe a DFS dart throw uh, in the GPP, or maybe if you drafted Trey Lance, maybe you also got Jimmy Garoppolo to be safe. Jimmy Garoppolo could be a very relevant fantasy quarterback this week. Uh, again, we don't know a lot about teams previous or based on the previous year, but all signs right now point to Detroit not being a great team. So he is a great matchup, great streamer. If you've got one of these rookie quarterbacks that aren't starting, and by that I guess I basically mean Trey Lance or Justin Fields, Jimmy Garoppolo is a great spot, great spot starter for uh, week one. And see where it goes from there. Maybe he actually is uh, has a good week one and stays relevant for a couple weeks. So we will see where that goes. Quarterbacks, I am avoiding. And again, take this word right now with a grain of salt. Uh, avoid just means I don't like them as much as some other people seem to like them. And top of the list there is Tom Brady playing Thursday night game against Dallas. And I get it. It's primetime Dallas defense narrative being bad. All of that. Again, we don't really know for sure how bad Dallas defense is going to be. I don't think they're going to be good. But when I looked at the expert consensus rankings, the last time I looked, he was uh, number five or six. He is up there as a top six option. And again, I get it. Their offense is great. They are also returning everybody. He's got great, wep great weapons. But that is an elite output. And uh, he's the GOAT. If you want to say that, he's got all the championships to prove it. He had a great end of last season, but he brings nothing in their rushing floor or nothing in the rushing game. No, he does not have a rushing floor. And to have somebody ranked in your top six, for him to do that, he's going to have to put up 300 plus yards and three or more touchdowns, which he's totally capable of. But I would rather bet on guys that have a that, that rushing floor. They can bring that juice there. Uh, or your Patrick Mahomes type. So I'm not saying bench Tom Brady. If you drafted him, you are starting him. Uh, but let's just say I did not draft Tom Brady. I don't think in a single spot this season. So maybe I look. Maybe there's egg on my face at the end of the year. But that's where we are with that. And the other guy is Matthew Stafford. Similar situation, right? Also, no rushing upside. 
Uh, his matchup is not ideal with Chicago. Uh, not, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but going against Chicago, it's at home. Sure, I get it. But I guess really what it comes down to is for him to hit his ceiling, it's going to be uh, huge passing yards and at least three passing touchdowns. Is he capable? Sure. Am I betting on it? I'd rather bet on other guys. So those are the quarterbacks that I am uh, avoiding, if you will, in week one, at least, with the limited data that we have so far. Okay, on to running backs. And I, first of all, want to give a confidence boost to Saquon Barkley. If you drafted him, you are starting him. He is a generational talent. He is one of the best running back athletes, running back prospects, running back uh, protégés, whatever you want to call that we have seen in a long time, right? These guys only come along every so often. Yes, he's been hampered by injuries. I am betting that he is healthier than the Giants have been letting on to. I think that brass all summer long, the Giants brass was hedging themselves. They were, what what sounds worse to say, yeah, he is 100% go for week one. You say that in July and he has a setback, the team looks terrible. If you say, yeah, we're not sure, and then he comes out in week one and gets a full workload, you look a lot better. Now, I don't know if he gets a full workload, but a 70% Saquon Barkley is worth having in your lineup. Uh, this game, it's got a low over-under, low projected total. I think it's around 42 or 43. It might be the lowest of the week, but it's projected to be close. And if it's close, he's going to be on the field. The Giants are going to utilize him. So if you Again, if you drafted him, and you might have got him at a steal, depending on when you drafted, uh, and even the last week of the season, you may be getting him at a at, at a steal if you drafted just yesterday or the day before or this week. So definitely start him in your lineups. Uh, I want to talk quickly about a couple other guys. Miles Sanders, he is another guy that has been not looking or not projected to be great. He's kind of fallen down draft ranks, especially compared to where he was last year. And again, it makes sense. I get it. His uh, season didn't go as well as everybody projected it to, but I don't think it went as bad as anyone projected it or anyone looking back at it as they remember it, if that makes sense. Are the Eagles going to be a pass-heavy team? I don't think so. Not with Jalen Hurts. Now, I get Jalen Hurts is going to take some of that rushing upside. However, he is also somebody the defense has to account to account for. There is that uh, that old narrative as well, having the defense spend a spy to watch the quarterback. So I think he is going to be just short of a workhorse, uh, Boston Scott. I think he'll get on the field, but I don't think he's a threat. And they do play the Falcons, which, if history says anything, not a great defense. Maybe they turn it around. They've got a new head coach. But I am very, very, very okay with playing Miles Sanders against Atlanta. I think he's a sneaky DFS play as well. And uh, two more guys to touch on. One of them, Melvin Gordon. I think Melvin Gordon is going to be, uh, as I tweeted out the other day, annoyingly relevant for fantasy football, at least to start the season. And in that tweet, I did uh, make the rookie mistake of spelling his name incorrectly. You would think as a guy from Wisconsin that rooted for Melvin Gordon from all the way back in the day uh, would spell his name correctly. But I messed that up. My bad. But anyways, I think he is going to be absolutely relevant. Uh, he could be a top 12 running back this week. He could be a top six running back this week. He could be that for the first couple weeks of the season. 
He had nine top 24 performances last year, four of them in the top 12. He finished as the running back 13 last season. That is amazing to me because the way he's been written off for Javante Williams, you would think that Melvin Gordon is basically being left for dead. Denver's paying him for one more year. They are going to be totally okay with running him into the ground. And again, I'm going to keep repeating this. We don't know how good or bad defenses are going to be. But if we had to go based on the information we have, the Giants for this week, the Jaguars for week two, and the Jets for week three are not great defenses. That's Melvin Gordon's first three weeks of the season. So I think you can absolutely start him this week. And you might be able to start him as he gets up to a pretty hot start and then maybe see uh, test out the trade waters for him as the season goes on. And then the last guy, I think we got to mention Tony Jones a little bit. Tony Jones Jr., New Orleans Saints, number two running back behind Elvin Kamara. Now that Latavius Murray's been cut, we've seen the relevancy before in the Saints number two running back. And if you're starting him this week, yeah, that's a desperation play. Like that's a zero RB play right there if you have to start Tony Jones. But if you are in that situation or you really want to take a deep shot in DFS, He's going to be on the field at some point. Elvin Kamara is not taking every snap in this game. And it's supposed to be a high-scoring game, 50-point over-under projected point total. So you could do worse than that as a dart throw. Uh, running backs that I am avoiding. I am avoiding, and again, take this term loosely, because I, I would start these guys. If you drafted them, you're starting them. But I don't think Najee Harris gets off to the best start that we want for a rookie. Buffalo is not a great, uh, or Buffalo is not a great matchup. They are a pretty good defense. Uh, Buffalo is also a pass-happy team. They are favored to win the game. So if Buffalo's in comeback mode, sure, we Najee Harris has a three-down pass or three-down skill set. He can catch passes. But if the Steelers are playing catch-up, those receivers are going to be the ones that are hyper-targeted. They're not going to be throwing screens to Najee all day. So again, I like him. But I have him as a running back two for week one. I think he's going to have a great season. I think he's going to be uh, offensive rookie of the year candidate, although quarterback usually wins that. But I don't love Najee Harris this week. Essentially, I'm not playing him in DFS in week one. Nick Chubb, similar story. Love Nick Chubb. Love watching him play. One of the best pure runners in the NFL. I don't love the matchup with Kansas City. I don't love that. The Browns could be playing catch-up, and I don't love that uh, they're underdogs in this game, right? So if Cleveland can control the game pace and they can run the ball with Chubb, I'm sure they want to do that. But And I'm starting Chubb in my season-long matchups. I am not going to put him in many DFS lineups. If I'm doing a lot of lineups, sure, maybe sprinkle him in, but temper your expectations on Nick Chubb. Uh, but with Chubb and Harris, don't don't panic if they don't go wild on week one because they're not in the best situations as far as what we know right now. Two guys that I do not like this week and nor do I really like for the season. Uh, one, Raheem Mostert, and he's got a great matchup, so maybe he does do okay. But I've been out on Mostert all offseason in part because I really like Trey Sermon. And Mostert has been very reliant on big plays. Could he bust a big play in week one? Absolutely. Uh, they play Detroit, though. So let's say San Francisco, they're big favorites. They're favored by eight. 
if that comes to fruition and they don't build that lead right away with Mostert, if Mostert does not have that big play, who are they going to salt the game away with? Their fragile running back who has been injured often throughout his uh, history in the NFL or the rookie running back that they want to get more time. Again, yeah, I, I'll admit that's narrative-based, but that's where I kind of see that game going. Uh, and then Miles Gaskin. Again, I am not buying all this Miles Gaskin workhorse hype. And I am a Dolphins fan. I think they are going to be a great team this season, but I think it is going to be a three-headed running back by committee. Not a great matchup against New England, at least as far as we can tell. Um, so I like the Dolphins, but I'm not buying into Miles Gaskin hype. Maybe that comes back to get me. All right, I'm already talking more than I uh, planned on it. I was going to try to keep this under 20, and I'm a little over right now. So let's keep it under 30 for week one. Uh, wide receivers. This is going to be pretty straightforward. DJ Moore, uh, if you've been following me for any time, you know I am a DJ Moore super fan. I think he is primed for another step upwards in this year, in his uh, year four. Of course, I'm starting him in week one. I drafted him everywhere. I mean, come on. He's wearing number two as a wide receiver. He dropped the one. He is now single digits. I mean, there's some swag right there. Uh, should be a fine matchup with the Jets. And again, I'm all in for DJ Moore. So get on get on board with him now if you haven't already. Uh, Deontay Johnson, I mentioned if the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing catch up against the Bills, they're going to be hyper-targeting the receivers. Deontay Johnson is going to be the one getting the majority of those targets. So I like him a lot. I talked about liking Carson Wentz. Uh, because of that, I like Michael Pittman. I think he's another. He's a second-year receiver ready to level up the season. Could be a wide receiver one. Could be a shootout with Seattle. T.Y. Hilton is out. Not that that's a huge surprise, but I like Pittman a lot. And then if we're going deeper, digging real deep, I like Russell Gage as a flex type play or a wide receiver three type play, especially in PPR because he is going to be on the field. No, he's not going to be the number one target. He might not be the number two target, but Atlanta typically pass happy and against Philadelphia, he could eat in that game. So I think he's not a weak winner, but he's safe. Uh, the last I checked in the expert consensus rankings, he was wide receiver 57. I have him at 41 on the week. So pretty big gap there. Uh, I'm avoiding, again, take for this for what you will, but I am avoiding CeeDee Lamb against Tampa Bay. Again, I do not think CeeDee Lamb is bad. I think he's very, very good. The problem is I don't have CeeDee Lamb on any of my teams because his draft price was out of control as the season, or as the offseason, as draft season went on. I still think Amari Cooper is going to be the better fantasy wide receiver to have on your team. I don't know if that's a hot take. I don't know if that's controversial, but I think that the CD Lamb hype is a little bit overblown. Again, don't get me wrong. He's awesome. I think he is one of the top dynasty wide receivers you can have right now, but there's still a lot of unknowns. So uh, if I drafted him, which I didn't, but if I have him on my roster, yes, I'm playing him. You have to where you drafted him because you spent a second or third round pick on it. But, um, I am not drafting. I did not draft him, so I am not starting him this week. So I guess that makes me out on him. Another one I've been out on all season, Adam Thielen. This pains me a little bit because he does have a great matchup this week. However, he, uh, he was extremely touchdown dependent. If you follow any 
almost anybody else in the fantasy football industry. When Adam Thielen comes up, you hear touchdown regression come up, and I completely agree with that. Uh, in this game against Cincinnati, Minnesota might be able to just run the ball all day with Delvin Cook. Again, narrative-based, but Delvin Cook running the ball. Number one target, Justin Jefferson catching the ball. Adam Thielen, there's a, absolutely there's a chance that he catches a couple red zone targets, gets in the end zone again. But I, the cost that he was going at, he's not on many of my teams, and I don't feel comfortable playing him in DFS lineups. And then because I am so big on DJ Moore, and because I believe Terrace Marshall Jr. is going to be a thing, I'm lower than most on Robbie Anderson. I think Robbie Anderson is fine, but despite the Sam Darnold and him were former teammates narrative, despite the revenge against the Jets narratives, I'm not hyped on Robbie Anderson this this week. Uh, I wasn't on him last year either. That made me look pretty bad at the beginning of the season. Looks a little better at the end of the season. So not big on him. Uh, coming down the home stretch here, tight ends. So tight ends, always let you try to find a couple dart throw tight ends. Uh, my favorite this week, and I don't think he's a dart throw. I think he is He is pretty dang safe, is Anthony Ferkser against Arizona. Uh, Arizona has been the absolute perfect tight end matchup over the past couple of years, giving up fantasy points to the tight end. Maybe not the best metric to follow, but I'm going to go with it here. Uh, bit, like I mentioned before, big over under in this game. It's over 50 points. I think 52 as I checked. Uh, and with Corey Davis and Johnny Smith gone, there are plenty of targets available. Now I know Julio Jones is there and Julio is going to get his targets as well. But Anthony Ferkser, I think his value is just not being fully recognized. And I think in the matchup he has, I'm more than okay starting him. He is a, He's available in a lot of leagues. So if for some reason you need somebody... He could be a pickup. I think he is a great DFS uh, tight end. I'm not sure if you consider him quite a punt or not, but he's definitely a cheaper option that I don't think is going to be highly rostered. And then my tight end dart throw of the week. This is a true dart throw, but I like throwing some of these out there because sometimes they hit and you look smart. I'm going to go with Donald Parham of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, he's been getting plenty of work with the first team. I think Jared Cook is past his prime. And with that quarterback, Justin Herbert, young guy who is going to be throwing the ball out there, uh, I think he's got as good a chance as any other tight end after the top three or four to get in the end zone this week. So I like him. He might be a guy that is a very, very popular waiver wire pickup next week. So if you've got a dead spot on your bench, maybe look at adding him. That's a, a guy that could be very, very valuable for fantasy football if all the cards fall right. Uh, tight ends to avoid. Now, let me preface it with this. Any tight end can go for 30 yards and a touchdown in a week, and that'll probably get you in the top 12 most weeks. So, again, take this for what it is. Uh, this week, I'm looking at tight ends that were pretty highly drafted, and I am not drafting, or I did not draft, so I am not having in my lineups this week. Uh, Noah Fant. I love the talent. I do not like the situation because they have two very talented wideouts in Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton there in Denver. They have two very talented running backs. From what I can tell, Vic Fangio would prefer to run the ball with those guys. And then Teddy Bridgewater, who is a fine NFL quarterback, but he has never really supported a top tight end. 
So even with a good matchup, I'd prefer not to start Fant this week. Uh, and I'd prefer not to have him on my roster uh, as the season, at least as it starts here. And then Logan Thomas, Washington, breakout tight end last season. Uh, but again, Ryan Fitzpatrick historically doesn't target tight ends. Don't love the matchup. Now, I will say I had Logan Thomas penciled in here as an avoid before we got the Curtis Samuel news today. I didn't mention that in the news, but he pulled up, uh, did not look good in practice today. So if he's out, Logan Thomas might get a little more opportunity, but I'm still good with keeping him out. For what it's worth, I would start Anthony Ferkser over those guys this week. So maybe a hot take there. Okay, we're pushing 30 minutes here. I got to wrap this up really quickly. Defenses, I do like covering them. I'll be quick this week, though. I love, love, love the Denver defense against the Giants. Uh, Denver's pretty good defense to begin with. They got their both pass rushers uh, starting the season healthy with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Strong secondary. Oh, and they're playing Daniel Jones, who uh, I got a lot of best ball stock in Daniel Jones, but I'll admit he turns the ball over. So we are going to go past him. And I am going to be also targeting Green Bay because, well, they play the Saints in Jacksonville with Jameis Winston safe enough. I'm avoiding Chicago because they play the Rams. So I am okay with just avoiding Chicago's defense. I think they're a bigger name than they are an actual fantasy defense. Okay, that is about all my time. Uh, follow me at A.A. Larson on Twitter. Please subscribe, rate, review this podcast. Check out the website at theprocessfantasyfootball.com. My rankings are there. I will be back next week. Sorry for going over. Thank you for listening.